I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, all my bun buddies. Welcome back to your favorite Bob's Burgers podcast, License to Grill, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm your host, Zalzazane, and with me is my patty partner. Your bun buddies. Our bun buddies. Also, my name is Kim. <laughs> Today we'll be reviewing Bob's Burgers Season 1 as a whole, going head-to-head on a burger battle, tasting the world-famous pesto colada, and doing some whole-season trivia. But first, we have an apology. Due to all the holidays and a catastrophic technical failure, we were on hiatus longer than we had planned to be. But we are back and better than ever. Back, back, back again. <laughs> A big thank you to everyone who reached out and wished us well over our podcast outage, and a special shout out to Grant from Philadelphia, or Flipadelphia, as it is often called. Flip, flip, Flipadelphia. Flip, flip, Flipadelphia. Flip, flip, Flipadelphia. He sent us an amazing email that really made our days and encouraged us to continue despite all of our setbacks. So thank you, Grant. You rock. Number one bud buddy is you. This is to you, pal. Enjoy a pesto colada on us. We're cheersing to you, mate. I don't know why I said mate. Bud, dude. Is that what they say in Flipadelphia? Jabroni? I don't want to call him a jabroni. Philly friend? Philly fry. Oh. Because he could be the fry to our bun buddy. Ooh. Or buns. Oh, our first fry. Oh, I'm a fry guy. <laughs> we gotta be careful. We don't want McDonald's to sue us. That's fair. And with that, let's get on with the show. Now it's time for the recap. Recap. So let's talk about the season. Overall, let's do some fun statistics. And by fun, I mean I really enjoy them. I don't really know how you guys feel about them. Numbers are good. (laughs) So in season one, there's a total of 13 episodes. Originally, it was only ordered for seven. And because the show was so great, as we know, it was added, uh, it got extended for another six. It aired from January 9th to May 22nd, 2011. The highest ranked episode, as per IMDb, is Shish Kebab, which got an 8.3. And again, I have to keep saying that title, and it just keeps reminding me that I didn't get the joke. Well, you're going to die, so that's fine. I'm going to die because of that. Like, that's <laughs> what people are going to put on my f***ing headstone. Didn't know what Shish Kebab meant? So stupid. Shish Kebab. Uh, <laughs> Shish Kebab. The lowest ranked episode, you might be surprised. Which episode do you think it was? I'm going to say probably the torpedo one. This is where it's surprising. It's actually episode four, Sexy Dance Fighting. Really? That's like our favorite episode. (laughs) From season one. Prior to doing this podcast, I would have said that was my favorite episode. We're going to get to that question, though. We're going to have an in-depth discussion. The most watched episode was the initial airing episode, Human Flesh, and had 9.38 million viewers. And the least watched episode was Burger War, with a low 4.0 million viewers. Do you think that's because people were expecting them to be cannibals for Human Flesh? (laughs) Maybe. I just think, you know, new show, people are excited about it. New show who dis? Sexy Dance Fighting was originally simply called Capoeira, and Shish Kebab, there it is again, was originally called Bob After Dark. I mean, who knows what capoeira means unless they've seen the episode before. It's true. Or there's someone who does capoeira or is into martial arts fighting or... Speaks Brazilian. Speaks Brazilian. Or is like a UFC bro. Oh, fair. Yeah. I don't know how many Ed Hardy sparkly shirt wearing guys are watching Bob's Burgers though, so... If you are an Ed Hardy sparkly shirt wearing guy, please... uh... Tweet us or send us a message. Yes, don't, but don't send us an angry message. Just send, you can just send us a message and say, yo, I, I watched Bob's Burgers and I knew what Capoeira was. Send us a selfie of you eating your favorite burger. <laughs> All right, here's some more fun, more fun facts. So there were several directors over the course of the season. There were three that directed three episodes. Anthony Chun directed episode 1, 4, and 11. He is also known for being a member of the art department for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Do you hey. think he got his doctorate from that? So he's Dr. Anthony Chun, attorney of law? <laughs> and then there was Kiyong Ki Lim, which, who did episode 2, 8, and 13. He's also known for being a big part of Rick and Morty. And then there was Boo Huan Lim, who did episodes 7, 10, and 12. Jennifer Coyle directed two episodes, episode three and six. She's the producer on the Harley Quinn cartoon show, which is excellent. Oh, yeah. Harley Quinn rules. And Wesley Archer 
directed one episode, and he moved on to Rick and Morty. Oh, I thought we could move on to Archer. The writers, because it's always worth mentioning all the other people, you know, that are part of the show. Scott Jacobson, Holly Schleisinger, Lizzie Molyneux Lodgeland, and Wendy Molyneux. The two Molyneaux went on to create Great North, which is another fantastic cartoon. And also writers on Deadpool 3. Which I hear is coming out pretty soon. What? Stephen Davis and Kelvin Yu, all of them were part of the 245 episodes that have so far aired and are producers on the movie. So you can look forward to 245 episodes plus season recaps from us. Recap? Well, we'll see. We'll see how many people listen to this. If we only get 4.0 million listeners... Then. Next real fun fact is the theme song used for the intro of the first six episodes begins with just a simple ukulele tune, along with a few sound effects. Beginning from Bed and Breakfast, the theme song was given a small upgrade with newer instruments heard in the background, giving it a more upbeat theme. You know, it definitely benefited from that, keeping it simple at the start and then working its way up. And I like that in individual episodes as they move on, they start giving it more of a theme towards what the episode is. Agreed. The only other thing I wanted to bring up is so I rewatched some of the episodes. In episode one, Human Flesh, there was a mention of what percentage of human flesh is acceptable. I had to look it up. I don't know if I'm eating people, right? I think you folks at home also want to know if you're eating people. I mean, you might be not at home. You might be in your car or at work listening to this. But you folks in general would want to know. So the FDA regulation is 4% of human allowed in meat. That's what Hugo says in episode one. While it can't be confirmed that it's true, there are articles that report human DNA has been found in hamburger samples taken from uh, a 2006 study, as well as rat DNA and a wide variety of other interesting things that they decided not to mention. Mm-hmm. They just say interesting things <laughs> in the article. In 2021, $13 billion of ground meat was purchased in the USA and it had beef, pork, chicken, and turkey. Meat of all sorts, ground beef, chicken, nuggets, taco filling, etc. must include at least 35% of actual meat. The other 65% doesn't have to be meat at all. It can be made up of any mixture of edible fillers, including chemicals, cornstarch, water, soy, maltodextrin, silicon dioxide, food coloring, and artificial flavoring. Oh, good. That's why your ground beef looks so red, baby, because it's food colored. Chances are you're eating some rat, some human, probably some toenails, maybe a Band-Aid. And some slurry. And some slurry. Not slurm. Maybe slurm. Mm, Lisa Brand Seafood Slurry. <laughs> it sweeps the earth clean. Little Lisa's patented animal slurry. It sweeps the sea clean. Okay, so let's talk about some things from the season. So first of all, very, very early on, created Van Watch because the Rassol folks really grinded your gears. It sure does. What about it did you find so perplexing? Everything else had its own unique deal. Even the theme song got some unique theme songs in there. But the one thing that was front and center that was in every episode was that Rassol folks band. Why do you think that they didn't change it? The cynicist in me says money. <laughs> yeah. But the realist in me says, you know, it was probably just season one. They were trying to be funny, but they didn't know what they could get away with. Yeah. And then after the stores next doors get a little raunchier, they know it's okay and they can really rip into that van. Mm-hmm. And they do. Starting in the next season. Our van watch is over. Do you remember what our other watch was? We had two. Two things that we were watching for pretty, I mean, not really consistently because we only did it when it was funny. But there were two other things that we were looking for. Each one was associated to a particular character. I believe one of those was Louise being a Republican. Yeah, Louise is a capitalist. Yep. It's one that I vehemently disagree with that you came up with and were very fixated on. Oh... Mort being a mortarer. A mortarer, yeah. Mort being a serial killer of some degree. Mm-hmm. I disagree very strongly, but I It see... was your idea. No, it wasn't. I don't think so. I don't think that's correct at all. I may have made it as a joke. Mort is a good man. He lets that family live in his house. You see how nice that house is? And very those... nice. Yeah, and he let those three f***ing kids run amok. That's okay. People died on all those couches, so. <laughs> and the bowls. Yep. His bowls made of human skulls for soup. What was your favorite episode? You know, Capoeira still remains probably my favorite episode. That is not the title of the episode. Sexy Dance Fighting. There you go, better. Still remains uh, my favorite episode because it has so much in it mm-hmm. that really characterized all the characters. Mm-hmm. And it had Bob pooping his pants. And I am a child. <laughs> also, Gyro seems really like a white guy who got really into Brazilian stuff and got a spray tan. Well, he was played by Counselor Jan. That was one of my favorite episodes to record because we yelled that we jammed each other a lot and that's 
One of my favorite Parks and Recreation references, Counselor Jam. He's been jammed. How about you? What was your favorite episode? I have, again. You have 13 favorite episodes. (laughs) Pretty much. Look, I did a lot of reflecting because, yes, if I was just looking at the titles of the episode, like before we started this whole journey together, I would have said Sexy Dance Fighting because it is the one that I quote the most. I say Brazil and Ponytail all the time. Although, I don't know why I say poop in my pantalones more because I really should. There's just very few opportunities. Also breathtaking, but also breath giving. There's a lot of gyro can talk to animals, but only when he wants to. There's a lot of really good quotes on in the episode, for sure. If I had to pick. And there's two that probably stand out for me the most. They have something in common. They have in common the word crawl. My two favorite episodes are episode two, Crawl Space, and episode eight, Art Crawl. Oh, that's pretty good. Also, I might change my mind. Lobster Fest was pretty great. Lobster Fest is also very excellent. But I love Crawl Space. I love the whole Shining reference. Uh, Gale is hilarious. Not Gale. Uh, Gloria. Gloria, thank you. Well, I mean, here, here's the other thing. My other episode has f***ing Gale in it. I'm all about Linda's family. That's not surprising because I do love Linda, but... Mom, I got some ground beef for you. Broad <laughs> <laughs> ground beef on a plate. <laughs> and I like Kushikopi. It's the introduction of Kushikopi. And oh, he, yeah. The bartender in, the, in his delusion. I really, really like that episode. And then Art Crawl, I mean, has the... The butt song that is your favorite? Uh, it has the butt song. It has all of the anuses. Well, we, I don't even think we still did an anus count, but I said it a lot. Um, and it has one of my favorite quotes, which is, you smell like ointment and pee. 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 <laughs> so I think those are my favorite, too. Both of them, hey, surprisingly, also have Bob being very unhinged. One gets lot locked in, the, in between the walls, and the other one, he's poking paintings with a paintbrush to make him have anuses. Did you have an episode so do you like the least? Are there any ones that stand out as kind of a... Man, there were a lot of really good episodes. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the Hamburger Dinner Theater, which I'm a big fan of. Bed and Breakfast is up there for me because those are the Linda-centric episodes. You know, I was going to land on that. Uh, I think the Bed and Breakfast, while it is good, is probably my least favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Because there was just a lot of Linda just getting really wild about her idea and going going off. And Bob like, hey, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, it'll be fine. And, and it was still funny. It was great. It was less great than the other ones that I like. I mean, like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. All the episodes are good. But if you were like, I'm going to rewatch episodes from season one. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the ones that you absolutely have to watch? And what are the ones that are kind of, eh. For me, it's probably Torpedo, although it does have some of my favorite Gene stuff, because Gene is in the mascot race, which is f***ing hilarious. Bob almost gets shot in that episode. <laughs> That's true. And Mr. Fishoder with the roller. See, they're all good. It has Mr. Fishoder and the roller coaster. Yeah, the in the Wonder Wharf and Wonder Dog. And there's a lot of good parts of that episode too. And a good life lesson, which is don't cheat and don't lie about it. Or if you cheat, lie better about it. I guess. I guess. Ow. <laughs> Gene with the keyboard at school and he's doing his book report. He's like, this is what my grandparents sound like when they're having sex. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they were like in the television, probably. I do like Weekend at Mort's too. I think Weekend at Mort's is a fun episode. I like the kids doing like the uh, like the creepy horror movie in the uh, mortuary downstairs. Mm-hmm. And they're like jump scaring and Louise is pulling pranks on them to make them think zombies are around. That's fun for me. Spaghetti Western and Meatballs. With banjo. Yep. Yep. That has to be my favorite storyline. Where Gene is going through his arc of struggling to get a joke out and then turning into a bully and then almost getting into a fight when the choo choo goes off the tracks. (laughs) I thought they called him choo choo because he did the way that he chewed. Like a train. What's with the shirt when they take their shirts off? I like that episode a lot because it's a really good Louise episode because she very much gets her feelings hurt. It's where you get to see a little bit of vulnerability which I really appreciate. I feel like leading up to that point, she was very much just mean. So it was nice to see a different side of Louise. Mm-hmm. I like that episode too. Are there any moments that stand out to you? My immediate moment is Jean, whose face is all swollen up because he's allergic to lobster. <laughs> 
don't know where this is going. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so loud. Okay, sorry. Yes, please go. And then Bob pulls out his baby picture. He's like, oh, yeah, you have always looked like that. <laughs> it is very good. The lumpy baby. The little lumpy baby. Oh, yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to flat out say, because the first thing that comes to mind is the first time we get to see Marshmallow. Oh, that was my second choice. Love love me some Marshmallow. Uh, Why do they call you Marshmallow? Because if I see a sweet potato pie... I'm all over it. I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind. I love Marshmallow. I'm very partial to her. Yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, that was very cracky nod. Oh, that was your... <laughs> okay, um, we talked about favorite storylines. Are there any other that stick out for you? Because you said you like the one from Spaghetti Western Meatballs. Yeah. Uh, I really like in the episode that I don't like naming, Shish Kebab. I like the fact that kind of leading up to that moment, I mean, yes, Bob very clearly loves his family. I love you all, but you're terrible. But the fact that he works like extra jobs to pay for his daughter's sweet 13 party is really touching to me. And I think that's really nice. Bob is generally nice overall. I mean, you already brought up dinner theater and, and bed and breakfast. Like he lets Linda do these crazy shenanigans because it's important to her, even if he does complain about it. But I think in Shish Kebab, you really see how important his family is to the point where, you know, like <laughs> he's sleeping under the prep table and then him and he gets mad at Linda. He's like, get off, sexy idiot or whatever. <laughs> get off me, sexy idiot. And he talks about how he might have tried crack. And then he says he liked it. Like, there's lots of really, I think there's lots of great moments. And then the fact that he shaves off his mustache for his kid. Aww. There's a lot, I think there's lots of really, really nice moments for him in that episode. So that's one of, I think, one of my favorite storylines. You know, I'm going to have to go with another storyline of uh, the weekend at Bort's where Bob just wants to sit down and enjoy the thrill of the build. And then the frustration that he has going to Jimmy Pesto's for their dinner and Linda's making it a whole honeymoon thing. Then he gets too drunk and goes back and almost burns up in a coffin with little Ke- pocket Keanu. Speed bus! <laughs> That is good. And then he realizes like vacation is supposed to be spending time with your family and rethinking his perspective and going back in his underwear to party with Linda. <laughs> and that that whole story arc for that episode for Bob was great. Yeah, that's also a good one. There's lots of good there's lots of good moments. Lots of good moments. I like the reveal of Teddy and his ex wife who slept with the seal mascot and that's why he's scared of seals. Or scared of mascots, why he's scared of mascots. And then the seal comes back during the mascot race. Yeah, there's lots there's good. There's lot I think there's lots of good stories. I feel like the kids maybe get a little bit lacking for big character development, but I know that changes. They really focus in on the school and their whole school life. It's true. We get a lot more school kid stuff. And then I just Bob and Linda because I think they're like the most adorable couple ever. Do you have a favorite character? So let's let's break it down this way. Out of the five family members, do mm-hmm. you have a favorite? I feel like I relate most with Bob. <laughs> yeah, so kind of that's where I'm landed. Yeah, you do. It's a good thing. Is yours Linda? Um, I am very partial to Linda because I also feel like I relate to her the most. She tends to go the most balls to the wall. And I feel like when I do something, that's what I do too. I like way overdo it. And then I get upset when it's not to my expectation. My favorite character though, like a thousand percent is always going to be Gene. I like that he's very free and that he isn't really worried about what people think about him. And he's just like... Open to try anything. Yeah, it just... He just don't like a wild little kid. Just he's a rascal. He's a rascally little rascal. Okay, so then what about who are your who's your favorite character outside of the main family? I mean Marshmallow, a thousand percent. <laughs> okay, outside of the main family and Marshmallow, because Marshmallow would be both of our answers. Uh, Mr. Fishholder is pretty wild too. <laughs> just like the shenanigans. I love how Thog feels under my cape. Mm. <laughs> like Eugene were older and more villainous. I was rich, basically. <laughs> Would you have an eye patch? Oh, a thousand percent. Really? Yeah. You already have eyesight problems, though. Yeah, but then I could see in the dark better. <laughs> okay. okay, good. It's like pirates used to do. Really? Yeah. Most pirates who had eye patches were so when they might go below decks, they could flip up the eye patch and their eyes would adjust faster. Oh, that's actually pretty clever. I didn't know that. Eye, eye, eye. <laughs> Boo. Boo with a side of yikes. Calvin Fishoder is wild. Who's your favorite character? Uh, I'm going to stay in the realm of wild. Uh, I'm going to pick Gretchen. Gretchen, the one who Bob hooked up with the goddamn 
guy in Lobster Fest? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Bob wingman uh, Hugo and hook them up. But Gretchen's in a bunch of episodes, and just some of the things that she says is just, like, absolutely buck wild. And I appreciate <laughs> that. It's the wildness of the other characters around them mm-hmm. really kind of ground the main five. Because they're already really wackadoo. But they're wackadoo in a realistic way, where Gretchen is wackadoo in, like, a white girl drunk kind of way. Yeah, I was going to say, when my mom was, like, swinging single when I was, like, really young, she definitely had some Gretchen friends. Well, she was batting them cages, eh? <laughs> Do you have a favorite joke of the series? I know, this is a tough question. Yeah. I already said one of mine, which is the ointment and pee. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> you smell like ointment and pee. The escalation of that is just... My two other ones are gene-based. Gene-eccentric. So in Hamburger Dinner Theater, Tina decides she wants a line as the tree. No, don't. She spends the entire episode trying so hard to get the line out. And at the very end, she manages after everyone's left. She's like, no, don't. You did it. Tina, take a bow, girl. And then she does, and I think she falls over as the tree. Oh, or Tina's uh, assembly for god dang. Abs. Yep. Uh, thank you. And now for the presentation. <laughs> My grandparents are staying with us, and they were both alive during the Prohibition. So this is what they sound like when they have sex in the room next to mine. <laughs> Little girl, do you think cows should be ground up for food? Only if they commit adultery. (laughs) Hey, Dad, I made you the bubble bath for you and Melissa. (laughs) Okay, got it. Then I won't bring your credit card, which I cut into a ninja star. Ninja star. Also, tambourine? Tambourine, tambourine, revengerine, revengerine. Oh, number one favorite joke. Number one favorite gag in the Moolissa episode when they call in the animal control and he comes speeding up in his truck and stops right in front of the cow and the cow just looks at him funny and just collapses from a cow <laughs> heart attack. That's good, that, that's good. That's it a was good. so tough. You know cows are made, uh, beef is made out of steers, right? <laughs> well, then what about the udder? That's not an udder. Well, something came out of it. Yeah. What an udder. Oh, sex pest, Tina. I've been honest with these two ever since Jean got too fat. I remember the ice cream sandwich that did it too. I regret nothing. Uh, and Tina, bad breath every day. Not if you like fish. <laughs> when Louise tells Tina her room looks like it was decorated by a perverted jockey. When I die, I want you to cremate me and throw my ashes in Tom Selleck's face. Oh. Linda, favorite characters, Andy and Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fun question. That's not till the next season. Spoiler alert. Uh, Andy and Ollie are freaking hilarious. Like, also extremely just weird little kids. Well, it's really contrasted with Tina, who's very practical, and Louise, who's very capitalist, but is still friends with them. Mm-hmm. And I like that she builds the friendship over the season with Andy and Ollie. It's true. By friendship, you mean she becomes like a dictator to them. <laughs> she teaches them voodoo. She teaches them voodoo and then forces them into child labor. And then tries to bury them in her basement. <laughs> To be fair, they asked for that, though. They want it to be, because they love that place. It's fun here. <laughs> Bury us in your basement. Bury you later. I just got to get some of your dad's hair. <laughs> Burger War. <laughs> See, Burger War, like, they all have, like, little, just, like, little gold nuggets in all of the episodes. Oh, my God. Hiding behind the spaghetti when they were, like, peering at each other through the windows. <laughs> When they were, yeah, when they were spying on each other. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, there's lots of stuff about this that I like. Do we have anything else we want to say? I think that's about it. What are your hopes for season two? Aside from no more rats all folks. My hope for season two is more interactions between the kids in their own paired off adventures because mm-hmm. I feel like they act as a clump or act solo but we don't see them pair off and do duo things oh so like Louise and Jean or Tina and Louise that's fair that's good I like that I would like them to go on a Goonies like adventure how's that for a spoiler I'm really excited about season 2 episode 1 because it very deeply references one of my favorite movies of all time tragically season 2 is only 9 episodes long and we'll talk about why it was shorter in our season two premiere episode. I I like the I want to see more stuff from Wagstaff. I like the kids. And I even enjoy Jimmy Jr. to a point. Aside from the fact that he's like an absolute d-hole to Tina, but he's an interesting character. And I think we meet some more of the kiddos in the next season as well. Peter Pescadero. Peter Pescadero was already in the season. Yeah, but he changes in season two, doesn't he? That's true. He becomes a totally different person. I don't know if it's in season two, but it's definitely in another season. Oh my god. Bro- Class kids. 
We got to make some more. There's some more merch that I would like to make. One of them is the Broken Class Kids. I'd like to make a Menstruation Nation shirt. I have some other ones written down that I think would just be delightful. We, we mentioned so many in the podcast that we got to re-listen and pull them out of there. It's true. It's true. I want to see Bob and Linda being adorable because I like them. And I think, generally speaking, they're pretty good parents. They're just trying their best. More of Bob being deranged. <laughs> So much of him interacting with the family is him trying to like keep the family together and be grounded. He doesn't have opportunities to let loose and just like go eyes uncrossed bananas. You want to see Bob unhinged? Bob after dark. Bob after dark. Instead of shish kebab. Shish kebab after dark. Oh. Put a fork in him because it's after dark. <laughs> wow. I said fork. It's fine. I mean, you can say bad words too. We don't have advertisements. Yet. Yet. That's all I got. I'm excited for season two. I'm excited for 11 more seasons after that in a movie. I think we're on season 14. Sounds about right. So 13. 245 episodes in a movie. I mean, we're watching the new season as it comes out anyway, so. Just, that's for us. That's for us. We'll rewatch it for you guys in 25 years. <laughs> yep. We've transformed from Bob and Linda into Gloria and Al. Al! Reach and Maxim. Reach and Maxim. With the girls of Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Also, Wagstaff, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Back me up here, bum buddies. Oh, because Wag and Shake and, and then and Spear and Staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's exactly why. Crushed it. R- wrote it like a... I mean, it is a real Romeo and Juliet deal with Tina and Jimmy. That's true. That's true. They even mention it. So maybe you are on to something. Yeah, that will be Shakespeare Watch, season Ooh, two. Shakespeare Watch. Shakespeare Watch. Good. Look forward to that for nine episodes. <laughs> Until I forget and stop doing it. To be fair, though, it's definitely better than you screaming every episode. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> Let's move on to the burgers. Burger of the day. Burger time. Burger time. As anyone who's been listening to us so far knows, we review a burger of the day for every episode. Because we are doing a season review, there was many burgers that made it to the episodes but didn't make it to our episodes. So we each chose one, and we went head-to-head on a burger battle to see who would be the better burger buckaroo. You might say that we went bun-to-bun. Oh, bun-to-bun. Save that for License to Grill After Dark. There were a total of 13 episodes, multiple burgers throughout. Which one did you make? I made the Salvador Cauliflower Burger. Which was the complimentary to the Pablo Picasso Burger. Pablano Picasso? Yep, that's the word. Pablano Picasso. Because I think I just said his actual name. Yep, Pablo (laughs) Picasso Burger. Well, I mean, you could eat him as well. Yeah, but it would probably taste funny and all in the wrong order. Yeah, it would definitely be... Uh, a bit scrambly. A bit scrambly. Pablo Picasso is also a piece of garbage, but mm. we won't get into that. That's for the YouTube. I'm just kidding. It's not going to come out on YouTube. Do your research. Look it up. He's yep. not a great He's not a great guy. Tell me more about your Salvador cauliflower burger. So my Salvador cauliflower burger was fairly simple. I mixed up my burger meat in my normal way. Egg, beef, breadcrumbs, a little garlic, salt, and pepper. Mush it all together and make myself some patties with my fantastic patty breast that Kim got me. I, I did. And I used our sweet air fryer to air fry up some slices of cauliflower. Little oil, little salt and pepper, and use that on top of the patty with some regular old cheese, lettuce, and onions on mine, but no onions on yours. No. And then, you know, your basic little ketchup, a little mustard. A little mustard. A little mussy mustard on the top there. K&M. Ketchup and mustard. Yep. And then toasted buns for you, no toasted buns for me. I love me a toasted bun. Mm Mm-hmm. So our four categories of burger flavor, the way that we rate our burgers, is very diplomatic and accurate. Uh, And the first is umami. Ooh, isn't that savoriness? It is the savoriness of the hamburger overall. Then the second one is mouthfeel. How did it feel in that mouth? What that mouth feel? Yikes. (laughs) And then emotional resonance. So did it make you feel one particular way or another? And re-eatability. Would you put this in your mouth again? So that is five points per category, 20 points overall. And we'll see whose burger takes the winner this season. Which burger reigns supreme? 
What burger will rise to the top like the cream? Like the top bun. Except for the people who eat their buns upside down like animals. Hamburger 420 says, it's delicious. Are we just going to keep doing wrestling references? Because I can do this all night, man. I was a big wrestling fan in the uh, Attitude Era. Bun to Bun 69 says, put that in my mouth. Wowza, that is definitely for license to grow after dark, you little pervy. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Umami. How did this uh, burger taste for you? So I think the patty turned out as good as always. It's usually a solid bat. The melted cheese, super good. Nice soft bun. The cauliflower, I feel like, wasn't my favorite. Most likely because it's the first time air frying cauliflower, so it came out a little dry, a little not super great. I think with a little work and a little effort, it could be better. So I'm going to give that a little teeny two and a half for savoriness. So here's the question. Would you rework it? <laughs> the face says no. Actually, the face <laughs> of the dead silence says uh, that's a no. Un I am unlikely to rework it of my own accord. I was going to say that's a Pablo no. No. Pablo no. But it's the wrong burger. Salvador, she won't. <laughs> I don't know. How about you? How was the savoriness for you? I'm going to give it a good old two. And it's only getting a two because your hamburger patty was okay. But that cauliflower sucked. It sucked. It was like eating a slightly damp rice cake. But it's a vegetable, so it's good for you. I mean, I don't even think I ate the whole thing. I'm pretty sure I took a couple of bites and took it off the burger. Yeah. All right. So next is mouthfeel. I'm going to give it a one. Because, <laughs> boy, did it make my mouth feel gross. Yeah, two and a half again for me. You're being really kind. Yeah, well, you're going to be kind to your burger, too. Oh, I see. I see. So there's a bias now. Isn't I'm not there? giving. I'm Isn't not. There? Hey, look, I'm not giving it low because it's your burger. It just wasn't a good burger. I've rated many of your burgers very high. Yeah, when they get emotional resonance because they make you angry. <laughs> a lot of these burgers make me really mad. <laughs> okay, what's the next category? Well, speaking of emotional resonance, that is the next category. Look, I'm going to give it a neutral three. It made me slightly angry, but not as angry as any of the hamburgers with mushrooms on it. That's fair. I Honestly, I think Salvador Dali was also a piece of sh He did have some cool anteaters, though. Yeah, I mean, his paintings are cool. And apparently he had pet anteaters. Yeah. And a cool mustache. But I'm also pretty sure he was a piece of absolute garbage. Whatever, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Good riddance. So, Suck it. I'm alive, wow. Dolly, and you're dead. <laughs> wow. Those are big opinions. <laughs> Maybe my emotional resonance should be a four. Maybe. Yikes. No, I'm keeping it. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. I'll, I'll bust it up just because of my little outburst. And I want to be fair. <laughs> Wowza. Okay, and what's last? Well, the last you, category is reeatability. What did you give it for resonance? I gave it a three. Okay. It's like, I'm not as resonant as you, apparently. Yeah, but I have... But he had some cool anteaters, so that was neat. <laughs> You're giving it a high number because he owned anteaters? It is a moderate number at best. That's pretty on brand for you, though, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, and then last, reeatability. Re reeatability, I'm probably going to give this one a two. Without reworking, I probably wouldn't eat this burger on purpose. I'm going to give it a three because I can just take off the cauliflower. And considering all of the... That's a clock. They're not alcoholic, okay? So I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not having a moment here. It's just um, the sugar. It's just the sugar and I had extra caffeine today. I'm going to crash really hard. <laughs> Don't worry, Burger Dog will keep you awake. Burger Dog. Readability, read I'm going to give it a three. Because unlike the Munster Burger and some of the other ones that I couldn't take apart very easily, this one is very much a lift the bun, peel off the cauliflower moisture puck, and flick it. You know, it's like, like it had like the texture of a slightly damp urinal cake. Wow. It didn't taste like one. <laughs> <laughs> So what is my total? I think that's a... Interestingly enough, with our diverse scores, Same. we both ended up with a red hot 10. Right in the middle. Yep. Right in the middle. 20 out of 40. So that's not bad. It's a shame I didn't give it a 6 because I say like I made it 6 feet under. Uh... Take that, Dolly. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs>
out of breath now. <laughs> get a little, get a little heat under the collar. It makes me get sweaty. <laughs> you know what meat makes me get sweaty? Everything. Yes. <laughs> Eating a burger that somebody else made for me. Oh yeah. Speaking of. Oh, so you also. I think it's also worth mentioning that you made your burger from the menu of episode eight, which is Art Crawl, which is why it's referenced first. I made my burger. From, oh, okay, so it's from episode four, Sexy Dance Fighting. Is that the one that we made? No, we made the Chevre Which Way But Loose, which was a good burger. It had lots of cheese on it. Speaking of cheese, Rockford Files was based off of a 1974 TV show called The Rockford Files with Jim Rockford, who was an ex-con and private detective. Jim Rockford. Six seasons. Wow. Final episode aired on January 10th, 1980. So speaking of cheese, I mean, the show in the 70s was probably super cheesy, or at least it's cheesy now. How I made my burger was in a very disgusting way because uh, I mashed up the meat with my hands. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. (laughs) So I took ground beef and garlic and salt and pepper and I put some sriracha in it and I cooked some bacon in the air fryer and I made a stuffed burger. So it had bacon and then in the middle it had blue cheese because apparently Rockford is a type of blue cheese. Bong Ripper 420 says, get stuffed. Get stuffed. So we cooked that. They were pretty like ball shaped patties and they got a little leaky. So then I did bun. Oh, and then I made a garlic aioli mayonnaise spread type thing, which was delicious. For the french fries also. So it was bun, smear, burger, another huge chunk of blue cheese, lettuce, smear on the top bun, and then bun. So it was very blue cheese heavy. I have mild regrets. (laughs) Mild regrets. What's that umami do? Wow. I'm giving it like the umami for flavor. It was super flavorful. It doesn't necessarily mean that I agreed with all of the flavors, but it was flavorful. So I'm giving it a solid three and a half. Really? Uh, wow. I was okay. Gonna go I'm a scared. Lot higher, that was, so that was my first time having blue cheese ever. Mine too. And I gotta say, it made that burger super savory. Where you're discussing flavor, I'm discussing straight savoriness. That burger was savory as heck. So I'm gonna say four and a half for that one. In a good way or a bad way? Very savory. I'm gonna move mine up to four then, because I was trying to lowball mine a little bit to make it fair. Fair enough. Well, it will. It won't be anymore because I just <laughs> upped it. All I need is six more points, and I beat you. Well, I mean, you've also beat me in trivia by 30 more points, so. It's true. Let's just, you know that you're at the bottom of this relationship. <laughs> it's not, it's not true. It's not true. Anyways. Like <laughs> so, mouthfeel. What you got? Mouthfeel? I feel like there was a lot going on, and the ratio of burger to toppings was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I'm going to have to bring this one down to a three. Okay. The mouthfeel was not my favorite, but not terrible. Just incorrect. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give it a three also. I love a toasted bun. I thought the burger itself, like the patty, was too big. I, I don't want to feel like I'm at the dentist getting my mouth stretched to eat something. Like, that's not, that's not a good feeling. No. My blue cheese to bacon ratio was not good. Bacon got kind of lost. Right. So emotional resonance. Uh, well, I was very proud of my hamburger. I was very proud of myself for trying something different because I am a person who will eat the same thing every single day, as uh, you know from what I eat for lunch. And um, hey, I make your lunches. It's true. You make my lunches, and you feed me the same thing every day, minus the snacks. The snacks are interchangeable, but I like snacks, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, I was very proud of myself, so I'm going to give myself a four. Nice. I had some strong feelings during this burger. <laughs> when you whip out a big number how this is when i get you to feel feelings this is good 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 oh you're not gonna like these feelings oh good you hated it (laughs) so we cooked these burgers head to head in the same kitchen space at the same time (laughs) and i had to endure watching you squelch meat between your fingers and going "Mm, yeah that's nice and then got dang whisking so hard it was like a tornado in a bowl, flipping garlic aioli everywhere. Like, the dog was frightened at how much splatter there was. 
Plus, we were whipping up these pesto coladas at the same time. And there was so much. It was bananas. At any time, I tried to get anywhere in the kitchen. You were like, nope, body check. Nope, body check. I'm going to make the better burger body check. So I'm going to have to give this one a five for emotional resonance because that was insane. Cheers. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, a lot of feelings. Thank you. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Uh, probably does all the cooking in the house and that's because when I'm in the kitchen it's like pure chaos even when I do stuff like cookies which or any sort of baking it's still a mess but I feel like that's part of it like if you're not doing it like the Swedish chef like what are you doing if you're not working all over the place are you cooking I'm cleaning up less you didn't clean up. I cleaned that up for myself. In general with cooking. I'm going to take that five, though. I'm going to take that sweet, sweet five, and I'm going to sleep very, very well tonight knowing I got a five out of you. <laughs> I also spanked. I think I'm pretty sure I spanked my ground beef at some point. It's definitely giving a little, like, pitter-patter, pitter-patter bongos. Like on Mr. Burns' head. Bongos, bongos. Okay, anyways. Good pull. Good pull. Thanks. So what's the score? I'd be angry, but I'm enjoying the rhythm. <laughs> what's our score? We still have one more category. Do we? Oh, readability. Okay, if I didn't put the extra blue cheese on top and I made it more bacony, I would eat reeat it in a heartbeat. I liked it. It was simple. Blue cheese wasn't as bad as I thought it was because of the ratio to bacon to blue cheese. I'm only gonna give it a three and a half. Three and a half. Well, because if I had to eat exactly the same burger, because that's what we're looking at for readability, right? Mm -hmm. Eating I'm gonna this say, burger. Again. I'm gonna say three and a half because I would eat it and I would mostly enjoy it. But my preference would be to edit it a little bit. You know, I, I mostly agree. But due to the chaos and just banana pancake stuff that was happening there, I, I am going to have to give it a three instead of a three and a half. There was just so much. And I don't think I could eat it comfortably with the amount of insanity that happened before that. I, you know, I'm surprised by the three. I was certain after your chaos rant, I was assured I was going to get like a two. Well, I'm not making it, so. That's fair. That's it true. Easier. That is true. If it gets made again, it will be by my, ch my chubby little fingers. Yeah, I'm going to have to take uh, Burger Dog for a walk while that happens and just skip the tornado. <laughs> just to avoid the whirlwind. So for me, you got 15 and a half. And for you, you got 14 and a half. I only gave my own burger a 14 and a half. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll take it. It was the emotional resonance that put you over the edge. It was. <laughs> it was the emotional resonance that put you over the edge. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, everybody give a round of applause for the Rockford Files Burger. <laughs> I was Wookie celebration, I guess. Uh, let's, so let's talk about... Celebrate Wook times, come on. <laughs> so let's talk about the burgers, because we ate, well now technically 15 burgers in the course of however long it took us to record and publish all of these episodes. So let's say four months? Yeah, sure. Four months. Over the course of four months. Over yeah. the course of four months, we ate a several burgers. One of them didn't even get a review. That's episode one, guys. We totally dropped the ball. New baconings. But let's be real. Hamburger with bacon, delicious. That's a 20 out of 20. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. 40 points. <laughs> Our highest ranking burger. We had two. I don't really want to count the first one because he basically just made a regular hamburger. That, that was, was that was prior to our scoring system too. What? No, it wasn't. The first one? New baconings? No. We didn't have the scoring system back then. I'm not talking about that. I'm oh. actually going into our rankings. Bro. My bad. In episode 12, we had uh, the neither fish nor fowl burger. And basically, uh, you just made a regular hamburger. Because <laughs> it was like, yeah, choose your own adventure. And so you're like, yeah, why am I going to go crazy on this? And so I had given it an 18.5 and you had given it an 18. Hmm. Highest ranked burger. 36 and a half. Yeah, pretty solid. Our runner up was from episode seven, which is the Cam and Burley Legal Burger, which we gave a 17 and 17.5 respectively. 
So, so 34 and a half. 34 and a half. Our lowest rated burger, to no one's surprise, uh, if you listen to our podcast, is from episode 11. And it's tragic because it's probably my favorite named burger of the season. I've created a Munster burger. And do you want to know why? Because it had Munster shrooms in it. Because it was covered in mushrooms. It was revolting. It was the Frankenstein's creature, no thank you. It, it was the, don't even try and put the man together. Just put the body parts back in the grave and bury him. It was Frankenstein 5, Frankenstein's bride's cousin's wedding. <laughs> yeah. It was also the least separatable burger. Because the mushrooms weren't just on top. They were melted into the cheese. They were in the mix. There was so much mushrooms. Yeah, it was nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. So that's kind of our, our overall burger review. Again, if you are interested in cooking any of these burgers, every single episode of the podcast, if it wasn't in the Bob's Burgers Burger Cookbook, we added the link so you can look it up. We did make some edits here on there. Mm-hmm. But overall, some stuff was weird and hard some, to make. Some stuff was weird and hard to make. But for the most part, I think we kind of were like right on the money. I think Bob would have been proud. And any ones that were in the burger book, we do have a link to the burger book on our Amazon affiliates link in the podcast description. Please check it out. We get a little kickback. A little kickback out of Jess Bezos' pocket. So, you know, eat the rich and feed the us. We get a little kissy back. Just a little kissy kiss. Before we move on to the, you know, trivia and general funness of the of the episode, I'm going to give you the pesto colada recipe. Ooh. This is for a non-alcoholic version because I'm not much of a drinker and neither. But if you wanted to, well, freaking splash in some Malibu rum rum and or just whatever. Plain, plain rum vodka. vodka. You don't put beer in it. That Brandy, re- Bailey's. You're just saying alcohol now. I am. Cool. Sourpuss. What are you, like 17? I don't know. Maybe. So I was drinking when I was like 18 years old. Give me some raspberry flavored sourpuss. Mike's hard lemonade. Oh yeah, Mike's hard too. Okay, so anyways, if you mix this with uh, some rum or like a, I mean, I know Malibu is a coconut flavored rum or maybe a vodka, you're pretty in much in a good place. So here's the recipe. Two cups of pineapple juice, a three-quarter cup of cream of coconut, a bunch of ice, a pineapple wedge for garnish, and maraschino cherries for garnish. You basically just put all of the stuff except the garnish into a blender and blend the fuck out of it. Just blendy, blendy, blendy. I added some green food coloring because if you see the episode, for some reason, it's green. It's like a pistachio ice cream green. Yeah, I thought they would have said add pesto for color and flavor or something. That would be disgusting, but I suppose you could. You had a tough time with the garnish. Yeah. You diced up like five pineapples to make that garnish. I did. Pineapples gave me a real hard time. I think it's because the, the way that I sliced it, just I couldn't wedge it on the glass properly. You were like a fruit ninja. Download the app now. We don't get any kickback, so don't download that app. Just take a sword out in the backyard and dice up fruit. Don't, no, don't, 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 don't cut that. No, liability. Liability alert. Woo. This is not advice. <laughs> this is not advice. This is just a fun thing that somebody could do if they chose to do that by not doing what we say, but doing it because they choose to. So yeah, you blend it all up. I poured it in some nice uh, stemmed glasses, added some garnish. We had some green colored maraschino cherries, which looked weird and tasted incredibly sweet, but it was good. Overall, I'm not a big pineapple fan, unless it's on pizza. I'm not a big coconut fan. Unless it's on pizza. I'm just not a big coconut fan, so if I landed on a desert island, I'd be in big trouble. You'll land on Banana Island, I'm sure. (laughs) Big Crunch Island. (laughs) I thought it was really refreshing and enjoyable. It was definitely a very fun drink. Yeah, it was fun. Out of a five, I'd probably give it a solid four-ish. Four and a bit. I'd go on a speed bus to a Jamaican-Italian honeymoon any day. I'm one of those. Good. Good. That was so many references from that episode crammed into one. Yeah. Good on you, pal. Good on you. Uh, We will link or post the recipe in the podcast description if you're interested in making one for yourself. And enjoy. Robot voice. Oh, you know what that sound means. It is time for trivia. Well, okay. So we don't have, like, trivia, trivia, trivia. We have like some fun facts I've scooped up. Fun facts turned into questions that we will be asking me. Uh, At the end of the day, what was our big trivia score? Because I feel like if I say it, it's like I'm bragging. If you say it, it makes me feel good. (laughs) What was our trivia score? How much did I beat you by? 
How much did you lose by? So my score was a respectable 23. Was it? Respectable enough. Was it? Kind of. Was it? Yeah. Really? But when you look at Kim's score, it really diminishes my achievements by double. I didn't double your score, don't. 36.25. Yeah, the 25 is annoying. And, like, I think we should just round that up to a 37. (laughs) (laughs) You gave that to me, like, very, very early before you knew that I was just going to obliterate you. Yeah. So you crushed me in this. destroyed. So congratulations. You won the trivia. What do I get? Uh, So many smooches, and you don't have to make the burgers for the next season. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going anyways. Well, consider it a win. Okay, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it into the next season as the champ champion. Nice. We'll get you a Burger King crown. Ooh, I want a Bobber King crown. Oh, I'll pull out my Warhammer paints and repaint one. There you go. Okay, so let's look at some trivia. These are just like some fun questions. I mean, most of the stuff questions and stuff we're going to answer in the season recap because that's the good that's the good juicy stuff. Well, as our Super fans know we record the trivia before we do the recap, so there's no way to cheat. No way to cheat. Uh, okay, so question one. Who came up with our fan name, Bun Buddies? I believe that was me. It was you. Yes. It was you very, very early on. I'm not sure how I still feel about it. <laughs> but you made some cool t-shirts. So uh, it actually was episode one. You were very confident that we were going to uh, harvest some fans. <laughs> Harvest them like maize. Wow. We have to stop making Simpsons references because not everyone's going to know them. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, episode one, you came up with the Bun Buddies. Like, almost, I think it was right off the cuff, too. In episode four, what did I think Sepa, Septua, Sepa, Septuagerian? Is that how you say it? Septuagenarian? Yep, that word. What did I think it was? Uh, I think you thought that it was people who were afraid of the number seven. Yeah, probably. That sounds <laughs> like me. <laughs> seven is, it's a pretty scary number. It is a prime number. If you turned it on its side, it looks like a gun. Oh. But also, if you break a mirror, how many years bad luck do you get? Also, sixes are afraid of them. Oh my God, because seven, eight, nine. Oh yep. my, you f- face. <laughs> Okay, and this is the this is the last one that I had kind of pulled from the episodes. Who did you say was your first crush? Kate Beckinsale from Underworld. That's right. Very specifically, it was uh, Celine from the Underworld series, a lady in very tight black outfit. Strong lady, good with guns. Kicking strong with number sevens. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Michael Corbin, barely a seven. Okay, right. good. So that's the end of the trivia. Trivia trivia over. Trivia complete. Thank you for listening to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Please check out the podcast description for our Amazon affiliate link to pick up the Bob's Burgers Burger Book or anything else that you might buy from Amazon. And please join us again next week for Season 2, Episode 1, The Belt Cheese. With that, good night all my bun buddies. Bye. That's all, folks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, so we, we've we already watched Season 2, Episode 1. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, here's a sneak peek. Van Watch is over. Van Watch comes to a conclusion, and we're going to talk about it again next week. Because that's big fucking news. Big, big news. The biggest news. Also, thanks to everyone for listening to this season. Uh, it means a lot. I know a bunch of my friends have been watching or listening. I mean, you can watch it too, I guess. Maybe we'll do some YouTube. I just want to say thank you to all of the people that listened to the podcast and gave us feedback. You can like us on our Facebook page. I post memes all the time and funny stuff. I just want to shout out to those folks. Uh, in particular, uh, I want to give a shout out to my D&D pals, uh, Doogie and Gray. And of course, Grant, who sent us our first fan mail ever, which is amazing. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Grant. Bye. Peace.